from UA Little Rock Public Radio, this is The Art Scene. I'm Daniel Brain. As the world returns to some sense of normalcy, so do the arts. And today, we have not one, but two new artistic offerings for Central Arkansans to enjoy. First, we speak to the Arkansas Repertory Theater's Will Trice about their series of three summer shows all outdoors in venues across Little Rock. Then later on in the program, we'll hear from the Clinton Foundation's Ben Thielemeyer, who takes us on a tour of the Clinton Presidential Center's outdoor exhibit titled Cool Globes. But first, here's Will Trice, Executive Artistic Director of the Arkansas Rep. If you could just give me and, and us a refresher of what's been going on at the Rep since the pandemic began, because I think that it's needless to say that's turned all sorts of arts organizations upside down, and it's it's kind of hard for me to to keep track of what's been happening since then. So, what have you guys been doing? Uh, how how long has it been since you guys had your your last show? Our last full production was um, was Anne, um, the uh, the show about um, uh, Texas Governor Ann Richards that starred Elizabeth Ashley. Um, we were in rehearsals for uh, the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime um, that was going to be so good. Um, and uh, the set was up and everything, uh, but the pandemic hit. Uh, and we, um, yeah, we had to immediately cancel that, um, as well as the Saints and Sinners Gala, which was, um, was coming up a few weeks later. Uh, you know, really this past year, our, our whole strategy was to just get as small as we possibly could um, and to, to shrink our um, infrastructure costs and overhead costs um, because we, we, knew, um, we knew even from the beginning that there was going to be a risk that we wouldn't be able to have our normal programming. Um, and that obviously turned out to be true. Um, you know, live theater depends on groups of, of strangers gathering together in the same space and uh, sharing the same air. And uh, that's just not something that was going to happen, uh, you know, during a pandemic without vaccines. Um, so, um, yeah, we, we, we shrunk down as, as much as we could and we got quiet and we kind of waited out the storm um, and uh, did a lot of strategic planning in that process. Uh, and now, it's time to kind of climb out of our hole and start producing again. Uh, and it feels pretty great. How long is this, this current summer season or the, the shows that you all have been planning? How long has that been in the works? And um, I guess, how did you all arrive to the decision to do everything outdoors? Is that maybe something you've always wanted to do, put an outdoor production on? In a way, yeah. I've always been um, really interested in site-specific uh, performances. Um, and um, I would say both of these aren't just outdoors. They're, they're in locations that are, uh, I think, really speak to the shows themselves. Um, it'll make the, the whole experience uh, more special. Um, you know, and actually both of these shows have been um, kind of hanging around for, for quite a long time. Um, Steve Brodnax, the director of Marie and Rosetta, um, is from Little Rock and he, uh, was directing a show at the Rep, um, I guess, two, two years ago now, um, uh, Native Gardens. And um, we discussed this show and I read it and, and really fell in love with it. Um, and then Primating um, is a show that I actually uh, was working on um, in New York in my past life as a, as a Broadway producer and was something that we had in development, but just never, uh, never uh, you know, went further. And, uh, but I always thought it was this great script and, uh, and, because of the subject matter, it just 
it felt so right to just do it at the zoo and kind of everything just sort of bubbled together. Um, and in, in a weird way, um, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing, uh, because these are, these are the types of things that we might not have been able to do normally, um, if everything was kind of going full speed ahead. Um, and, uh, so, you know, that forced creativity, um, I think can often wind up giving you a nice surprise. Well, you're talking about Native Gardens and Anne and these shows and that I remember, but it feels like so long ago. So it, it must feel even longer for, for you guys both. Um, and you were talking a little bit about that sort of like pent up creativity and how it's, it's sort of been simmering for the past year, year or so. I was just wondering if you could expound a little bit on that. You know, how does it feel to be back? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're all both artists and business people. Um, and, um, you know, we have the same urges to create um, and, and, and want to share that, uh, you know, share those creations with the community. So it's been, I mean, for, for everyone, um, this has been a, just a really, um, you know, terrible time. And um, I think, yeah, we experienced that uh, just like everybody else does. Um, but um, I think that makes the comeback even sweeter. Um, you know, yeah, it's all, it's all that pent up energy. And uh, I don't know, I, I, I feel more kind of optimistic and, um, and excited about what, what the rep is doing than, than I, I have since I started. Yeah, and this is uh, what a way to open up, open back up with these, these two shows that you all are doing in these very specific locations, as you said earlier, um, the partnership with the city of Little Rock. How did that come about? Would, would, did you reach out to them? And um, <laughs> especially how, how was the idea of having a, a show at the zoo received by them? Uh, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, they, the city couldn't have been more enthusiastic. Um, like, you know, every answer was yes, yes, this, this sounds amazing. This is exactly the kind of things that we want to be doing with our, you know, beautiful shared city spaces. Um, and, uh, yeah, John Eckert at the parks and Susan Altrui at the zoo have just embraced this and, and gone full speed ahead. And, and, and then the mayor, um, um, and, uh, Scott Carter have, have both, um, kind of linked LinkedIn and um, been very supportive um, all the way around. Awesome. Well, I am dying to hear, I know it's the the second show in the season, but uh, I am dying to hear more about primating. You said you were involved in the uh, the sort of development of it a little bit in New York. Um, yeah. That, what What is this about? Where specifically in the zoo is this going to be? Are there going to be non-human primates involved in this? No, I think that the, the monkeys are all going to stay in their cages. Um, the, the performances are going to be at the, the Civitan Pavilion, um, which is uh, it's the, the kind of covered pavilion there. Um, not right when you walk in, but further into the space uh, next to the, the Cafe Africa there. Uh, it's, a, it's a great story. It's a romantic comedy, if that sounds uh, bizarre, um, that is very loosely based off of um, two famous primatologists, Louis Leakey and uh, Jane Goodall. Um, and, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're both kind of lovers from the past that, um, reunite. Um, and I, I don't want to give too many, um, spoilers away, uh, but, uh, it's, it's really fun and it explores a lot of, um, a lot of the things that we just deal with in our everyday lives and, uh, kind of the battle of the sexes and survival of the fittest and, uh, alpha males and, um, um, all of that. And, uh, and it does it in a really fun, engaging way. Right. And we're, we're talking about this show at the zoo as if it's a, a natural, a normal occurrence that you all are used to doing, but uh, yeah, I'm curious about what 
is different about planning an outdoor performance from both a planning standpoint and just for the actors like is it does the source material take on sort of a new meaning certainly in in this space um and how, how do you adapt to that uh yeah and i you know i could actually geek out uh, quite a bit about this subject uh but we we um We've had uh, many discussions um, with the the, uh, the director, the playwright, who has uh, been very involved in this process and is um, writing, uh, you know, a, a new version of the play um, for this production. And actually, I should mention, uh, Marie and Rosetta, while it has been done off Broadway and and in many regional theaters in the past couple of years. Um, that playwright, George Brandt, has also uh, written a new version specifically for this production in, um, in Little Rock um, in our revival tent. Um, so, yeah, I think you, you, you have to take ownership of, of those spaces and, and, uh, and really uh, make, the, make the most of them. And, um, and yeah, it's been, it's been a, at the forefront of our creative discussion since the very beginning. Yeah, and you mentioned very briefly a revival tent for uh, Marie and Rosetta. I think if if you could just tell us a little bit about uh, what what about that show lends itself to having it at War Memorial Stadium and in, in a tent, as you said. It's actually not at the stadium. Um, it's gonna it's across the street in the park, um, sort of what used to be the golf course and in, in, on those grounds there. So um, you kind of feel like you're um, out in the country, um, but you're in the middle of Little Rock. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're, we're setting up our tent and, um, and kind of welcoming folks into the space. And if you could just tell us a little bit about, for maybe listeners who don't know who Sister Rosetta Tharp is, who, who is she and why is she important? Why, why is there a show about her? Well, she's a, she is a native of Cotton Plant, Arkansas. Uh, and she went on to uh, be the godmother of rock and roll, um, a massive uh, leader in, um, in gospel music and um, sort of took it and she sort of had one school of gospel music and uh, Sister Mahalia had um, another school of gospel music. Uh, but uh, Sister Rosetta wound up becoming so famous, speaking of stadiums, uh, she got married for the third time uh, in Yankee Stadium and sold it out. Um, so she she became a she became a massive star um, and um, but and is but is a Little Rock native and um, and is a really fun character. Uh, the play is um, a, about her and, and a kind of protege that she a, a real life protege who she wound up going on tour with. Um, and it's sort of set at their first meeting together, um, and then they just they talk about gospel music, they talk about each other, and um, it's a lovely it's a lovely little play. With music, definitely. The rep is no stranger to uh, jukebox musicals. I guess it's fair to call it. Um, I guess would you? Is that fair to call Marie and Rosetta that, or what's different about this one? Actually, I, I think I find it a, a little bit more organic than uh, than your typical jukebox musical. Um, it really is uh, these two um, these two women. Um, they're they're getting ready for a show and um, they're playing through some things before they go on and kind of feeling each other out and get to know each other's style um, and jamming together. Um, and it's all kind of within the context of this play in this meeting. Uh, so it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a very kind of organic story and, um, and really, yeah, really engrossing in addition to being just fun um, and, you know, great music to listen to. <laughs> Well, speaking of music, the the final uh, show in this three show series that you all have announced, uh, the Fantastics. So I was not familiar with this, but I, I did a little research, and apparently it's been around for quite some time. So I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about um, what it meant at the time when it came out first, and sort of how it's evolved since then. 
I mean, it was the, the longest running off-Broadway show in history. It was this massive hit um, when it came out and yeah, ran forever. And then, and then it went away for a bit and then it came back and um, I think was, was still running um, when, uh, when COVID shut it down um, and it's in its newest incarnation. I think it's one of the most beautiful pieces of musical theater ever written. Um, it's, um, it has a piano and harp and percussion and, um, and six um, great singers. Uh, and, um, you know, it's a story of young love and um, their, their parents, you know, trying to make sure that they wind up together, but doing it in a, in a fun, mischievous way. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's very pastoral and, and it just, it, it's just dying to be done, you know, surrounded by trees and, and sitting in the grass. Um, and um, I think, I think down at Murray Park is just going to be a gorgeous um, environment for it. Yeah, and I don't think I've ever heard of a, a classical music musical, a classical musical, I guess. <laughs> Is that uh, fair to call it that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. It, I, I think Try to Remember is probably the, the most famous song from it that became kind of a pop standard um, as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it definitely kind of crosses both um, both genres. Uh, but it's yeah, it's 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 super fun and and sweet. Um, but uh, but yeah, probably some of the most gorgeous music ever written for the theater. Well, I guess I would just ask then, what's next for the rep? I mean, you have these these very ambitious shows uh, planned, uh, but I guess after that, can we maybe anticipate a return to in-house productions? That is definitely the plan. Um, our hope is to be back um, in our building by Christmas. Uh, with a uh, sort of typical main stage season in our auditorium um, following the first of the year. Uh, and, um, you know, we, our, our theater as a, as a professional theater has to deal with, um, uh, with national unions, um, which um, have a completely different set of standards um, that, are, that are different often from the government. Uh, and so that's something that we're, we continue to navigate. Um, and, uh, so that you know, it, it puts us maybe on a slightly different uh, later schedule than um, than some of the other offerings. But uh, but we're, we're we're definitely headed that direction. That was Will Trice, executive artistic director of the Arkansas Repertory Theater, giving us a preview of three outdoor shows coming to Little Rock this summer. You can find more at therep.org. Now we'll tour the grounds of downtown Little Rock's Clinton Presidential Center, home to a new exhibit simply called Cool Globes. Clinton Foundation Communications Manager Ben Thielmeyer is our guide. Cool Globes is this really amazing uh, exhibit that we wanted to bring to the Clinton Presidential Center. Um, it's public art with a purpose. Uh, 26 massive globes. I mean, they're like my wingspan almost doesn't uh, uh, doesn't uh, reach around, um, but they are each created by a different uh, by a different artist. Um, four of them of those artists are local here to Little Rock. New globes for for this exhibit, um, but each of these globes presents a solution to climate change, and that's what this exhibit is all about. Um, the founder actually uh, announced the exhibit at the Clinton Global Initiative in 2005. So there's a really interesting and long-standing connection to the Clinton Foundation. So it just made a natural 
uh, made this exhibit a natural fit for the Clinton Presidential Center. That's a long time ago, 2005. Uh, I guess what's been progressing since then? Has it taken all this time or has this exhibit been trying? Yeah, so Cool Globes has actually been around for more than a decade now. After it was announced at the Clinton Global Initiative, it has tried, started in Chicago. It's now been on four different continents. It's been in you know more than 20 cities around the world. So it's, um, uh, you know, there's there's a globes in the exhibit and it's a global exhibit on its own. Um, and so we're just really excited to bring it here to Little Rock, uh, to the Clinton Presidential Center um, to have such a, a meaningful exhibit, um, but also really beautiful and fun way to bring people back to the Clinton Presidential Center, to bring them down outside, beautiful weather. Um, you know, we're standing in the Scholar's Garden right now, which has got all these wonderful plantings and trees. It's just a really nice way to kind of relax. So, um, yeah. The base of each globe is um, sort of a relief of the, the actual globe that we live on. So, um, you know, you've got a raised area for each of the continents. Um, and then the um, oceans are recessed just a little bit. So artists have really interpreted that in different ways. Some of them have used it, um, as we'll see on another one, um, uh, the artist actually painted the continents as honeycombs and then the oceans as flowers. And it's a, it's a bee um, uh, focused on honeybees and pollinators. So, uh, but some artists have, you know, almost covered the entire globe and made it more of a sculpture. Um, and wrapped it with uh, with other things and just sort of do away with that relief. It's a bit of a walk. We'll go the we'll go the uh, uh, the pretty way. You walk by a little pond by in front of Pepper, and I guess the fish have just been trained. As you walk across the sort of a bridge, the fish follow you, thinking you're gonna feed them. It's like, I, at first I didn't know what was happening. I was like, oh, oh, okay, they think I'm gonna give them food. And the best twofer, I think, is globes in the front of the park and then alpacas out back of Heifer. I was driving back there this morning and they're like, they've expanded their area and they're like, on the hillside, I'm like, is this Peru? What's going on? Um, so Stephen is, so all of these globes were uh, in, created previously for the exhibit. And so Stephen is um, refreshing, touching up some of this work to, uh, you know, make sure they look great in the park. And then eventually um, the last step is going to be a, that clear coat that goes on to protect them from UV, other, other elements. So this one's fun here. It, I think Stephen, right, this one's gonna require the most work to refresh, but it's like a, you know, kids can get in and, um, you know, sit inside the earth, which is a sort of a metaphor, but also a fun experiential thing too. I can't figure out what it looks like though. I mean, it like- It's a little space alien. There's some yeah. like nerds creature or it's, something. Um, it's Put a Monsters Inc. character there to me, go. I think. Just needs, it needs yeah. intent. Mike, that's it. That's what I think when I see we're it. We're trying to find the exact oh, color yeah. the artist mm -hmm. used because, see, there's this crack right here. Yeah. And then it looks like there's a little light black spray paint over it. Yeah. So, I mean, logistically, you know, I can fix this crack, but matching, when you're matching a small thing to a huge area of it, it's really yeah. obvious. When you're matching something that's really busy, yeah. it gets, you know, 
thrown into the pot and you don't ever see it. So, you know, we're kind of want this one to be perfect. And then like, this is fiberglass, it was cracked. And so um, everything inside is sanded, ready to go. Just waiting on the right paint color. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then this one, subway chain. But then you've also got to account for like, it's been bleaching in the sun for how long. So right. what the original color was may not be the color that it is well, now. Well, this one has, it's like an automotive clear coat. Feel oh, this okay. right here. I mean, this yeah. is the smoothest of any of them. This is like automotive paint and clear coat. Yeah. And, you know, it's so pristine. We want to make it as perfect as possible. Yeah. <clears throat> this like, is, um, this is one I think is really interesting back here. It's like, and Daniel, this is what I was telling you about, like the artist sort of covered up the, uh, um, so you don't really see it, but this is uh, themed on commercial recycling. So, you know, mm -hmm. as you just tear things down, a lot of that can be recycled, but probably one of the most visually striking mm -hmm. uh, pieces. And like every, you know, if you sit up in the sun, this whole piece was peeling off. So I've glued it back. Each one of them, this one over here was just a nightmare. I repainted all of this blue. It took five hours to redo it. Like there was a crack right through here and this. So, you know, I filled it and touched it up. You can't tell. Uh, I've just remanufactured clothespins <laughs> because four of them were broken. So I have, if they're sitting out there, but woodwork, those little clothespins. Yeah, and th these, so the artist actually gathered all these uh, pieces of clothing from Goodwill and other, um, you know, they're all recycled or, you know, upcycled pieces of clothing um, and then use them for the globe. What does this one mean to you? I'm just like... Public transportation. That's it. <laughs> yeah, public and alternative transportation. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we uh, revised the plaque a little bit to um, be more uh, specific to Little Rock. So, you know, talking about the Rock Region Metro and the buses um, and, uh, you know, all, all, also alternative transportation. So um, Little Rock has a great bike ped coordinator, uh, the city does. So, uh, you know, emphasizing um, all the different modes of transportation. But I do, you know, I do like the artist's idea here, you know, kind of seeing lives of people as they're on public transportation or uh, kind of, yeah, kind of a fun little like look through the window at them is just seems a little interesting to me. Yeah, and it really comes out at you. Yeah, yeah, very 3D. It, but you're right, it is, there's not many that, that do have that added on aspect. And what about yeah. this one, yeah. not to make you like explain all of it, but I, I was curious about this. Yeah, I, just the this one I don't, yeah, this one I don't know that much about, honestly. Um, I do, I can, it's very pretty. It's very, very pretty, yeah. Um, but it's, you know, I think to me, this it's the simplicity of this, the trees, you know, the leaves, um, which to, I'm just giving you my interpretation here, but, you know, it's, it's a simple design, it's a simple artistic and creative process, but the, the idea to me is changing our behaviors to impact climate change can be a simple act. You know, changing out your light bulbs or planting a tree or something along those lines. It doesn't seem like much, but add it up over time and if all of us do it collectively, then it can make a big impact. We're rewriting all of the plaques that go on the sculptures um, uh, for the globe since each of them talks about a different solution to climate change. Um, but the nice thing is 
that we're able to highlight uh, Clinton administration um, highlights. So things that uh, like protecting forests and the Kyoto Protocol and um, you know other um, moments and uh, accomplishments. Uh, but also for this tidal energy globe, um, the Clinton Climate Initiative, which is a, a something that the Clinton Foundation, uh, an initiative of the Clinton Foundation, uh, we're able to highlight the work that is continuing to happen um, that President Clinton is a part of. So uh, that that was a big goal for us was to be able to make it um, connected into President Clinton mm -hmm. as well. Sure. Yeah. Lindsay Knight is uh, the other lo another local artist. She. Uh, actually works at the Arkansas Museum of Fine Arts. Um, so this is sort of an interpretation of a victory garden that uh, from the World War era. Um, and I just think it's come together. This one has been so interesting to see because it started as just that same structure as everybody else with the planets, um, or sorry, with the continents. Um, and she actually started with forms of like paper and even the leaves are like a process of like painting to, or uh, uh, gluing together different stacks of newspaper to create sort of a thicker material and then cutting out the leaves. And then she used this special epoxy that low, um, uh, no noxious chemicals that come off of it, no VOCs, um, to actually create each of the fruits and vegetables that are on there now and then sculpted it and then painted it. I mean, it's just been like this buildup has been amazing. It's been such a transformation to see. We've captured some B-roll along the way. It's been kind of see the process evolve over time. I think it would be awesome if we could have like put a camera on it for like the two weeks, just did a time lapse. That would have been really neat. But this is by, um, her artist name is Yakoi Yu. Um, she's actually a senior at Whitehall, graduating senior at Whitehall High School. Wow. Um, so, in between finals and Ramadan, she completed her globe, which I thought was really interesting. And so each of the hands, as you can see, very uh, uh, multi-ethnic um, uh, sort of hands around the globe, indicating that each of us, all of us, no matter who we are, no matter where we come from, we're all supporting the earth. And the trees on top sort of represent um, the, the, the solution here is plant a tree. So, you know, again, a simple idea, but something that if we all do that, then that helps suck carbon out of the air um, and prevent uh, climate change from even further exacerbation. How many uh, people, I guess, would you say were like involved in planning this and bringing it here? Um, probably like 10, 12 or so. Like Cool Globes is a couple, um, and you know, at, here at the Clinton Center, it's um, sort of a always a team effort. Um, so you've got the facilities team that's been really helpful in trucking these things around on forklifts, which is always fun to see. Um, uh, and then you've got our comms and marketing team. You've got uh, um, development. So yeah, it's cool. a good good crew of people to help. Yeah. And I guess what would you hope people would think when they see this? Yeah, I, you know, I hope, A, that people are hopeful um, that there is a, you know, this big problem that we have, but we can come together and we can solve it. Um, there are solutions. We just have to all work together to do it. Um, and I hope that they 
see them as fun and interesting and beautiful. Um, they're, they are our Earth. Um, so, uh, yeah. Any, uh, anything in the works for uh, reopening inside? Any exhibits yeah. thinking about? Um, well, at our, our plan is to reopen this summer. Um, we don't have a precise date yet, but uh, we will be reopening this summer. We stay tuned for announcement about inside exhibits, um, but we have some, in, some plan. Um, that's all I can say for now, right. <laughs> until we get some things signed. was Ben Thielemeyer with the Clinton Foundation. Cool Globes is on display free of charge on the grounds of the Clinton Presidential Center. And that's our show for this week. Please tune in next week at the same time. I'm Daniel Breen, and the art scene is a presentation of UA Little Rock Public Radio. 